0: hey ladies and gentlemen you're listening to the viallucci podcast honest uncensored and unedited discussions about life and everything in it so sit back relax and let's start the show
1: oh really hello Hello, everyone everyone. yeah Um, so i was just uh, going about my story so there was we're talking about language mike we'll get to you in a second um the uh what was the nuclear um, documentary, really sh- a dark documentary in Britain? America did... Oh, you mean Threads. Threads, that was the, it. Yeah, have you seen drama. it? There's an American... Oh, The Day After was the American one.
2: Yes, they that had... Uh, his name in,
1: didn't it? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Footloose. But in Threads, Footloose? Who? Uh, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, didn't they have Kevin Bacon in? No, this was like the 80s. Yeah,
2: Kevin Bacon.
1: Oh, it might be. Yeah, early um, days, yeah. I suppose. Um so in the threads they it's a, it's dark you know that they they follow the process of the political leading up to it and the nuclear blast and what happens but at the end um what they do is they go okay so most people have been wiped out now and they go ahead i think sort of like 100 years or something like that and basically language has just fallen away because it's not needed it's just food potato this and grunts because the language there's no need for the word romance or you know what i mean and bit by bit it all just fell away so they said we will just regress back to basic language we it's not it's just what you need at the time and if there's not enough people around you haven't seen people for two three months there's you know there's a couple of thousand people left in london or in england all the flowery language just goes away you forget it after generation because it's not used um so what were we talking about language? Oh, yes. So, yes. So, but they said that, that was my story. But he said, yeah, I think that, that happens. And that's why I said to somebody a while ago, and which what we brought up on the last podcast about people using, what are they called? Emoji, emojis. Emojis. I said, language doesn't stick around. And then we, that will fall away. If you start using those, we will go back to hieroglyphs. You'll just be going. And what did he say? He said, he said he's seen sentences with like six different words. Yeah, no, it's, it's he goes, so, so that's now. You. Yeah. That's now. So language will like, fall
2: away. It was like reading a, a, yeah, Egyptian hieroglyphs. But yeah. Sometimes people send me messages and it's comprised totally of emojis. And it's. Yeah. I just have to figure it out from pictures and. Yeah. It, Car, very strange. House, anyway. come to hell. Anyway, let's do it. Let's yeah. do a proper yeah. intro. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, so, so, Mike Wendling. Is it Wendling? Is Wendling. That's is, right. Yeah. 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 Where's, what's your background? The Wendling name? What? Uh,
0: the Wendling name. Scottish? Wendling is a village in norfolk but i am not from norfolk wendling is actually if you look at the concentration of wendlings in the world most are in uh the alsace region uh of france Uh batted forth yeah back and forth between france and germany that's where that name comes from but my relatives um german scottish irish mix i grew up in the united
1: states um so you you wrote your book which was alt-right from
0: 4chan to the white house
1: what does alt right mean?
0: What does it mean? Well, uh, I guess it's short. The simple answer is it's short for alternative right. Yeah, right. Um, it's a collection, a uh, fairly disparate collection of uh, far right people who all have, um, I suppose, different focuses for their uh, extreme or trollish or extreme trollish views. Right,
1: it's, it's right.
0: But they kind of came together in support of donald trump in 2016
1: (laughs) they they all congealed (laughs) (laughs) as
0: as part of not suppose i I suppose the bulk or or, you know even mainstream of trump's support but there was definitely a strand of his support that was comprised of these people and their various uh views which range from uh you know, being a little bit politically incorrect to wanting a white
2: ethno state. Yeah. He's just got the lot. Um, that That's the thing is, is that um, doing some thinking about this topic um, as any, as a lot of people who are probably spend a bit too much time online has done um, is that it seems, it seems quite a nebulous concept really. And it does yeah. include uh, such a, a vast variety of, of basically right wing ideas, but, and also um, a vast variety of um, what's the word? Um, as you said, I mean, like trolling and and jokes and edginess is 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 a part of it. And there's a broad range of um, of how much people really believe in this. And yeah. at some uh, on, on, on one scale, you have people who are doing it for a bit of a joke or to be right. antagonistic yeah, yeah, or to yeah, troll, yeah. and then on the very far extreme, you have people who are white supremacists and yeah. fascists.
1: Yeah. I knew a guy who's a comedian, or used to be, and he said, I guarantee you, he said, oh, they're all lefties, the comedians. He said, but I know a few of them in America that w- voted for him just to sort of yeah. create chaos. Like, So he's got all of that going on there.
0: And, I mean, you know, look, let's be honest. If you voted for Trump, you're not an extremist yeah. de facto. If you voted for the, the conservatives or whatever, if, if you voted for Jeremy Corbyn, you're not a militant Marxist, right? Um, the, it's an interesting point about how serious these people are, right? And you kind of have to on, on online you can't tell the difference. You, you just sort of put put that up right there, right? But that doesn't mean that there are not both jokers in that lot and very serious people, yeah, right. So they're both there. Yes. you know that because you know if you take the apologists for these people, often they'll say. They're all just joking. It's yeah. all just a joke. You yeah, don't know yeah. a joke, you journalist, you mainstream cuck, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And you're like, no, uh, this guy went and shot up a synagogue. No, he was serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? That guy was there along with all the rest of them. Now, this guy over here is just joking when he puts the Nazi meme on there. Not my type of humor. Not many people's type of humor. But yeah, okay, fine. Whatever. He's not serious. They're both in there.
1: Yeah, well, they, I watched an interview with, uh, what's his, who's the mooch, uh, Scaramucci, what's it, something Scaramucci. Oh, yeah, Anthony oh, the, Scaramucci, the, mo- Anthony, the, Anthony. the mooch. Yeah. Yeah. He's a serious <laughs> proper name. Yeah. Yeah. He's a serious business man. I'm a front stab, I'm not a backstabber, I'm a front stabber, yeah.
2: <laughs> You could. come at me, I'll come at you twice <laughs> as hard, yeah?
1: But it was funny, because even though you talk about the trollers and all that, so even a serious business guy, he said, I believed in what he was saying about it. And I think, see, yeah, he's got the lot. He's got from the very intellectual businessmen from the financials right down to the person that's taking the piss. He's got them all in there. Yeah. I haven't even he, really thought about it like that.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I, I it, often, like, you know, in this country, you know, working for... Uh, the a mainstream media organization in London people are like what trump but i kind of get it i'm from
1: <laughs> i'm from
0: trumpland right <laughs> i'm from the middle of america the flyover states um the the sort of fringes of you know it's it, western new york state where i'm from is right next to uh western pennsylvania and that is trump heartland country you know that is a, a whole bunch of people who Maybe voted for Obama,
1: but went to Trump big time. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. It's like, uh, I tried to take an interest in it, but it's so fucking depressing. Like you sort of go, I can't, this is like a joke now. I can't. How do you keep yourself sane? Like, do, uh, do you just have to believe in the voting system would get him out? Because if he gets I, in again, you just go, oh, forget it. I'm out.
2: I'm I don't know what's I, going on yeah, here. I mean, democracy okay? yeah <laughs>
1: that, that's working currently isn't it guys yay what did you because you covered the election the 2016 yeah,
2: election. yeah
0: i cover look, i've covered every uh, big thing in the us and the uk since 2015 onwards oh, right okay. um and look i mean the bbc we don't take sides we don't you know we're not sort of picking sides we rooting for a side or whatever um and i'm kind of um inoculated to, right, the, yeah. to, to the craziness <laughs> right, of okay. what happens during these things. You right. know what I mean? It's like, this ain't my first rodeo. Right. I see, yeah, <laughs> you <yeah. know? laughs> Do- but, you know, the, the, I guess the thing is, it's, it, 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 it always pays to just take a step back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people who may have been upset about the election result because they are not fans of the prime minister these days, um, you, you know, uh, some of these people are my friends. and. You just have to say, look, it's only an election. Actually, uh, one of the key insights of, I suppose, the populist movement these days is that there is the the cultural space, right? Is actually, so Andrew Breitbart, i quote this guy, said that culture is downstream from politics. Now, Andrew Breitbart was full of a lot of shit. But in that, he seems to be accurate. <laughs> what that means is essentially, it's not just about voting and elections and whatever. It's actually like, what are people doing culturally that is going to influence politics? And if you want to see the politics of the future, look at the culture today.
2: If- well, I, I was I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking what with the failure of neoliberalism, we have elections, we have a cycle of elections now in the Western world uh, that are dictating effectively the the future vision of our societies, really. And this is why there is so much conflict because, and where people say people divided, people, there's conflict in politics. And I think that that is because we are now, we, we do have very divergent opinions about how our, our politics and how our society is formed through those politics, basically, and what, what future we want for, for our society.
1: Th- my, if he, the, the, if it was just another politician that you don't like and he's doing a bit of wrong and a bit of right it's one thing. But you go, this isn't a joke now. Like this is serious. Like this, the, the, if it, things go wrong in America, I mean, it's already started where they, all the other it, it leads all the other leaders to start acting in a bad way because there's no policeman anymore. Who gives a shit if he gets in again? Like, that's no joke, man. Like, that's not... Yeah. That could really... It's not, not Max. Have you got any sort of positivity to it? If he got in again, is it still sort of...
2: I think he probably will, when he, Trump? I, th- I think
1: Trump probably... I think, Dep-
0: I'm depending worried, depending that, on who runs against if him. If it was tomorrow and I had the bet, I'd bet on Trump.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah my wow. thing is, because I said this on the last book, because we did a podcast on Trump, and that type of mindset, who he will do anything, he's capable of anything that any human beings have ever been capable of. That's the, the person you're dealing with. What he would do to stay in power... What tools will he use? Will he go well, war's always good to sort of stay in power we need we could do with a good war, you know something that I don't trust him to do. everything's on the table for him to to throw under the bus any but to do anything to even say I'm not leaving office like he's and that's what i'm worried about that, that people, might become... people
2: said the same thing about obama though they said the no same, they, oh they did no. uh, please, yeah, i heard yeah, the same yeah, things no, about obama Obama would if obama wanted to stay on and there wouldn't be a, a, a 2016 election because obama wanted to be a king
1: and yeah, he was a dictator you don't, I, you don't see that happening with trump you can see I, it happening. I can
2: but i'm saying that there is half of america that believed exactly the same exactly right. what what we believe about trump like sat around this table, probably. Right. Um, all the horrible things they believed, all the same things about Obama, basically. And what it speaks to is a bigger culture, a bigger cultural divide through media and through, inf- particularly through information. And I think that that's the real issue. I think that's the real issue with, um, coming out of this election, the American the elections in America is the fact that. Like with the the political divide, we don't really share the same reality. Like, but some people l- don't have a completely different understanding of what's happening in the world and how these uh, and what we should do about them. And I talk to friends who have different political opinions than me, and they seem to have uh, they seem to essentially live in a very very different world than me. And where and I tr- you know and you you have these discussions and you get this is why you get angry and you get into arguments and stuff. Um, and I think that, that is a problem for democracy, basically. It, I mean, look at, look at the election cycle we've just had. I mean, Boris Johnson hiding in a fridge. Boris Johnson taking someone's phone away during an interview saying, oh, I can't see a picture. What picture? Boris Johnson pointing at the media, pointing at a bunch of cameramen and saying, I don't see any cameramen. <laughs>
1: Literally. But, but this is my point, though. If there wasn't America doing it, we, I don't think Johnson would be doing it as no, much. There's still oh, be a rule, not, a no. moral rule. So that's the big problem that he sort of releases the poison everywhere. If Trump gets in again, it'll just.
2: Trump's a symptom, I think.
1: But he, he, he will, it feeds into other countries. I mean, it already has like, it, they're starting to not give a shit now. Sure. Because... But
2: Trump is the symptom. Sorry. <laughs> Trump's a symptom of, um, of wider problems. And, yeah, it, no, I and that did. Yeah. And I, I think that the context of this is probably the, the crash, you know, the 2007, 2008 crash. And a lot of, I mean, obviously that was potentially, that was probably inevitable because, you know, you're always going to have this boom-bust cycle. You're always going to have these uh, economic depressions every now and then. So, I mean, something like this was bound to happen eventually, basically.
1: When did you, sorry, what was I going to say? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead you, um, right. When Before the election 2016, where was your mindset? Was you one of the, he's not getting in, he's going to quit before, and right? this is a PR stunt. What did you genuinely think?
0: Yeah, so, I I mean, yeah. Okay, election night, yeah, I would have, my money would have been on Hillary Clinton. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you thought not gonna uh, but I thought, you know what, I thought there's a chance, right? Oh, okay. Because if you're listening, uh, you know, it, there's this sort of like rush to, oh my gosh, the whole media got it wrong. Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, like a lot of people, I thought. You know what? Because if you look at the polls, it, you say, "All right, well, Donald Trump has a twenty-five percent, twenty, thirty-three percent chance." Right now, that's not nothing. You know, that's um, I don't know. Name two teams, and one of them's going to beat them like right. two out of three times. The other team will win one out of three. You know, and there, there was a lot of people saying that, but people don't remember that. Right, okay. Um, you know, there were a lot of political journalists who were saying that. Um, who People don't remember. They just say, oh, yeah, well, you called it all wrong. Um, So, you know, obviously, like, nobody's surprised these days. Right, yeah. But, you know, you can also see that in saying you know what the polls are always wrong because they were wrong last time <laughs> yeah. they were wrong in 2017 yeah. we can't they
1: were trust wrong the in
2: 2015
1: <laughs> last week the
0: polls were right they were yeah. dead on they were pretty <laughs> much were spot correct. on weren't they yeah, yeah. yeah. they were because yeah. they
2: predicted uh, 80 to 85 majority and what was it 80 so yeah, yeah. Uh, I, was, uh, I, was de- I was really surprised yeah, yeah, I was really surprised how time. accurate they were
1: yeah. with the sort of general sort of rise of fascism all over the place again is there any sort of good news <laughs> or are we just on a downward trend at the moment there's no we are going down where you think you haven't reached the bottom of what we're going to hit yet
0: well look i kind of um again i think it's like i take the long view here because it's this you know we're not in germany in
1: 1933 right, yeah are we we're, yeah but then the, neither the was germany before night let's see that's, that's my problem germany in 1933 was
0: germany in <laughs> 1933 and like this is you know this is a specific moment in our time and right. there are specific cultural things that are happening yeah. here. You know what I mean? Now, can you imagine, uh, you know, the rise of a youth movement that is like a, uh, a majority fascist youth movement? You know what I mean? Right. That sort of sweeps along millions of young British people or Germans or even Russians or uh, Americans. Right, yeah. I... You don't, can't see that sort of corollary there, but
1: maybe he's just going to set more poison in that will eventually do that. He starts with the politicians and then the businesses, and then well, everybody, that's what I'm worried well, about I, the,
0: I have the okay, so politically, I think like everything is to play for now, yeah, you know what I mean? Um, there's a distinct problem with social media. It puts us into filter bubbles. It makes us sort of agree yeah, it's scary, to, yeah. uh, with, with everyone. and uh, one of the scariest things is the fact that. It makes everything look like a legitimate political option, yeah. including fascism, right? Yep. So if you go to YouTube, you find some really, really far out stuff of all political persuasions, but it's it, it, they're extremists and they're sitting there, they're sitting there alongside a video from CNN or the BBC or whatever. And that makes it look, if you are not sort of trained or savvy and or thinking very hard about it, that this stuff is the same. So just pick one. Well, you know what? the propagandists have the better videos and (laughs) the other ones make you think too much, you know, or too difficult or just aren't presented enough. But, you know, look, the good news about all this is that actually there's some indications that like young people, people younger than us sat around this table are actually pretty good at spotting bullshit, right? right? Like teenagers.
1: So you've got faith in the youth. That's your. You
0: can figure out bullshit. Right. In a way that adults can't, and because they grew up with this stuff, they don't have to learn it right um so you know if you're looking for hopeful things that's there's some hopeful things
2: <laughs> I, I I do often think i think that um the internet and social media and uh, is, it, it, the way we're treating it right now we're like those first people sat in the cinema who cinema, saw the he saw the footage of the train and all ran out oh, screaming like right? are, so. because we <laughs> didn't, because they didn't really understand, yeah. Oh, this is a film and there are certain conventions and yeah. things can happen. And I think that maybe hopefully in a couple of generations, people will get used to this technology and go, Oh yeah. And except actually all that's just bullshit. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You shouldn't really believe anything like, yeah. you should, like you just see the, the, the film of the train. Oh, that's a film of a train. I get it. There's a train somewhere. Yeah. And, and so hopefully the same thing with the information and disinformation and alternative facts is that hopefully people will just go okay yeah i should take everything i, I read on that with a pinch of salt or yeah. at least start questioning the sources and funding of it because I, what i do now is i i try to do a bit of googling I'm, if i read a weird article i'm like i wonder who's funding this or i wonder who's funding this particular let me think get a little tank. bit more information <laughs> yeah i wonder who's funding this think tank that this quote's <laughs> come from and you do a bit of googling and you find out oh it's some rich dude Ah, mm. okay right
1: there was um there's uh, oh god a few years ago you started having a spate of um, religious films like Noah with Russell Crowe and there some other ones and it they went back and they somebody yeah, chose the back. Passion
2: started that off yeah there,
1: there was there. all these weird, but it's, then it got to like Noah yeah. with Russell yeah. Crowe and there was some other one, I can't remember what they were but Hollywood movies but they were sort of loosely religious stories about certain people and they were tracing it back and they had to go like eight I think I heard it on LBC they went like eight companies back and then it was a company owned by the church that funded the thing that funded the thing that funded the production company i thought oh god even they're sort of getting in on the act of sort of like funding things that oh. are far from us but are actually it's a hollywood movie about noah but really
2: we're trying to bring there's this- there's a whole subgenre now isn't there sort of christian uh conservative movies yes <laughs> Yeah. what
0: are some of the hits <laughs>
2: uh, oh some of them actually do decent money and occasionally they tell they turn up in the top 10 box office for a week you know what i mean <laughs> because they because churches will they'll say come and see the film and and they'll the church will get hire a bus or a coach or whatever and you know send 50 people to the cinema oh, so okay. they can actually make money and they and yeah. they, they, got a lot they of cost to... nothing to make these things yeah. cost them like a million dollars and so anything they do is profit but uh old-fashioned uh it's a particularly creepy one uh there's one oh the goodness there's one uh, voiceless which is about um uh effectively a man who goes crazy and wants to shoot up a an abortion clinic but he's the hero how does he become the hero <laughs> because he's the because in this film he's right that the abortion clinic is evil oh they're taking sh- the stance it, like, he's yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, which Jesus. is kind of weird because you're sort of watching this and you're like this is like taxi driver you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> except he's portrayed as like a hero yeah. you know i mean? like, Am this i is- supposed to feel something? So you get a couple of changes here and this could be like a really dark for this part the joke. so they or have violence no sex i'm assuming
1: um no drugs
2: or only no swearing. to
0: show or is it like uh you know the in the classic sort of horror genre films where like the kid who has sex is the first one to die. Right? Or yeah, yeah. Well, they more, wouldn't do that. It, no, it's all exactly. the Christian values are
2: um, are assumed in the background. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, okay. so, and these are effective. And it's weird because the, the Christianity that they're, uh, the, the ideology that they're obviously promoting in these films seems very different from any kind of Christianity that I think a lot of people would think of. And it's more to do with conservative, with a small C values.
1: Do we yeah. have any, um, what's Scientology up to over here? Do we have anything going on over here?
2: They've got an office in uh, Tottenham Court Road, or they used to anyway. Yeah, I went past a shop a few years ago. Yeah.
1: Is that it? We haven't got a big church used to, People used to
2: break the windows. <laughs> like every time <laughs> I used to go past it, they had a broken window. If you walk
0: past it, they used to obviously like get you in for the... Was
1: it stress test or uh, whatever?
2: Personality, oh, yeah. personality the test. The cans, yeah, the cans. yeah, yeah. you, have, have you, went, you holding When the I thing, went past the, the shop. A re- uh, uh, meter <laughs> reading, yeah. When
1: I went past one of those shops, <laughs> um, I was just going past, I was going somewhere. I was after a meeting and uh, I came and I walked past. I thought, oh, that's a Scientology shop. And I just, I at the side of the shop, I just looked in at the woman in there. I just wanted to look into her eyes to see, like, how somebody like that looks. <laughs> I didn't know what I was looking for. I just thought, oh, I, 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 I want to look into the eyes of somebody that's that. So that's what order. it looks
2: like when you're in a cult. See, yeah, I, I just
1: wanted to go, what does somebody look like that's in that?
2: <laughs> I I don't find it, <laughs> just, into, well, find it just, just a small thing. We'll get back to topic. But I, I, we'll get back, <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Um, but I, I think it's interesting because sometimes uh, someone, 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 when someone says something to you and you know it's a lie,
1: Yeah,
2: I always think... Just to let them talk. I think that's really interesting. So that's what you look like when you lie.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I um, used to do that in nightclubs all the time, honest to God, because when you're working in a club of, say, 2,000 people, 4,000 people for the night, but 2,000 people were always in the nightclub. Um, you get a lot of repetitive things. Somebody's accusing somebody of this. There's a fight broke out. And the same patterns of lies would come back again and again and again. And certain groups of people would use certain lies. It was really strange. Um, the English guys, it was always like... Now, I could say this with authority because I did it for 15 years. So, um the English guys were always, it was, he said something to my girlfriend. Like that seemed to be a thing about my girlfriend. he said, so they're always lying. Nobody was ever guilty of nothing. Um, the black guys, it was more about masculinity. They were honestly, it was weird because they'd all say he grabbed my balls. Like that was the most horrific thing they could do. And like, I only noticed it accidentally because you're dealing with eight or nine fights every single night, five nights, week, seven nights. And the, the then it got to the point where I knew what they were going to say depending on what race they would come from. And the black guys, it was, honest 95% would say, he'd come up and grab my balls. Now, I wanted to say, mate, you're six foot three. He's on his own with his girlfriend. You've got four of your mates in there. He walked up in the dance room and grabbed your balls. But it was like, that was their excuse for, like, the worst thing that could happen in my masculinity. And I would look at them knowing, and it was like it was a joke in the end because it was happening all the time. I'd look at them and go, what did he do? And, oh, no. and to go what? look in the eyes and go, how often is he blinking? How, where is he looking at me? Where's he not? And you could see patterns in people like, oh, they're a good actor. Like they believe what they're saying, especially when people are lying about ID and things. You'd, I'd be looking at them knowing that somebody just told me that works here. They're not old enough. They were in the year below me at school. I'd go. So, uh, oh, hang on. But, but what year was it? What birthday? Oh, no. And I'd be looking at them. And there was one girl it's great where, the 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 they a uh, uh, family had a party upstairs and she turned up she's a cousin or something, and she was crying and it was, somebody said to me I oh, know she's not old enough because we had big glass windows to so the bar stuff we're told if you see anybody queuing up that's not old enough to come and say and there's a young guy they said she's not old enough she's like two years younger anyway so um. I'm standing there and it, so I wait for it to come up and come up and the idea to say, no, it doesn't look like you. It's me. Her friends are kicking that. How can you say that? You're ruining her. You're a horrible person. And this girl starts crying. I am. I wouldn't lie. And I'm thinking, oh, mate, she is pushing it. And I'm starting to think, is she like maybe is Miss because she's like crying now and she's crying and she's been out about 10 minutes and her auntie or somebody comes out and she's crying. He's been horrible. He doesn't believe me. And the the auntie must have been about 45 from the age of when people just were honest. And she basically said, Oh, look, mate, she's, she's, she's 17 in a couple of weeks. What's the problem? Like thinking that this the old days, it's not like now you're legally bound, but you can just go look, I'll oh, look after it. He went, she's 17. And she said it and she was still crying and she stopped and just walked away crying. I thought, that's like sociopathic behavior. Like you were actually able to sort of bring up the tears and the look at to the, the point that you fooled my instincts. And uh, yes, you just walked off. But then it was like, oh, people can lie quite easily, like um, because they believe it. And talking about
2: liars, yeah. <laughs> Back
1: to Scientology. Se-
2: segue into oh. Trump and and uh, Boris Johnson. I was, I've got. I'm yeah. going somewhere. Yeah. I'm going somewhere. Don't worry. Um, what should i cuz i was thinking about this what does the media do being a media person yourself what does the media do about liars uh, pol- politicians in power who in senior positions well, who lie
0: i mean look there's various flavors of lies right there's lies that are misrepresentations there's lies where um there's lies where the, it's there's speculative lies right now like you, you know some saying something's going to happen in the future you know? And like, people will say, I know my gut, that's not going to happen. I know my gut, they're going to sell off the NHS. Well, now Boris Johnson could do anything with the NHS, right? He could sell it. He could more likely probably going to give it a load of money, Uh, you know, cut some privatization deals probably, you know, at some point. But there's there's sort of a, I mean, fortunately, um, I'm not on the sharp end of having to like sort through all this stuff. I'm not I'm strictly speaking a political journalist. But there's a key... I suppose it's like whether you're at... Wh- whether you're sort of criticizing the action or labeling the action or the actor is a crucial thing. Donald Trump is a known person who says a lot of things that are not true, right? they Pro- provably untrue. That yeah. are provably untrue. It, okay? That is... Flat out, yeah. but is he like that girl? You know what I mean. Like oh, when right. he says them,
1: does he believe? He believes them. So you're dealing with a uh, mental condition, really? In, in,
0: in I don't mean <laughs> I don't know what you call it, but you know that that is you know lying. A liar is like a conscious thing, or a lie is a conscious right, yeah. thing. You Often know what I mean?
2: Often for personal gain or gain of some
0: kind. Yeah, it's much sort of straight, more straightforward to say like that is not true. But there's another difficulty about that, right? Which is you can do that and for whatever reason, people who are most partisan in favor of that politician won't believe you. Donald, you know, Donald Trump says this, uh, you know, uh, Jeremy Corbyn says this, whoever, pick whoever you want. And if you it, you can spell out exactly why what they are saying is not true or true or whatever, and people will judge upon their own set of beliefs rather than the actual truth, a lot of the time.
1: I always had more of a problem. The problems I got with Trump is one thing, but I always had more of a problem with Sarah Sanders. I thought that's more evil than him. He's stupid and dumb and.
2: He's sort of ricocheting around. Yeah, he, but somebody said, stuff, you're yeah. an
1: intelligent person who's choosing to lie. You know Or
2: apologising, just having to go around saying, oh, well, no, actually what he meant was this. And oh, no, actually this is what's going to happen. It was happen, funny to watch them
1: right. all jumping around trying to go, Jesus Christ, we can't keep up with him with Just telling. the face of some of that's his, gonna his gonna be a so hell he's of
2: like a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where'd she go now? Where did she disappear to? Uh, she I mean, she's owns, only been seen once. I think
0: on Fox News or something oh, like no, that. Was now. She, oh,
2: yeah. Where <laughs> else where was she gonna go? Come on. Like yeah. right. oil, work for oil or conservative
0: media ecosystem yeah. is clearly yeah. Yeah, because I always think. thought
1: she, but she was getting so much grief. She just thought, "I'm, I'm not. This ain't worth it anymore." Yeah, it's
0: difficult to to be a PR person for. I mean, but you know, those people, you know, they don't actually expect the press secretary to tell the truth or right. a type of truth. Oh, right. Political journalists don't ex- actually expect politicians to tell the truth. Yeah, I don't know where this idea came from, but like, <laughs> yeah. have, they, have they ever they ever told the truth? Yeah, have they ever told the different truth? Type no, of they, yeah. you know, it, it. So there's, there's, yeah, the, in, in the sort of different type of lie yeah. things is just like okay, just like make. Things up, right? So that's one thing. Maybe that's slightly new, but that's kind of the easiest bit. Right, yeah. The the other thing is okay. So I'm going to put the best spin on this that I can. Now, yeah. you know, it, right? We see this all the time now. Yeah. But you know, we it's, know that previous prime ministers, previous presidents, also did the exact same thing. Of course, funny, they did. Until you
1: say it, he's just a more concentrated version. It's but it basically is the same old thing. Journalists asking questions of people that don't want to answer certain things. And he's just a concentrated version of that. He's just constantly doing that. So, God God Jesus. I mean, where does that... Like, if you st- stood back and went, this is like a joke. This whole thing doesn't work. I always used to think, when I started knowing what politics was, why is that one job where you can not answer... Like, if I did something in a factory that was wrong, and I had to go and see the boss, and they asked you a question, you've got to answer, or you're sacked. When did it become okay for them to go well and this and spin? You go, no, answer the question I asked you. Why? We should be a more quicker way of getting them out. What I mean is that this should be something more than not waiting for the next voting cycle. There should be, well, he's not answering the question. You, if you don't answer this question now, then you're out. Well, when did or, it become or just okay? not even,
2: I mean, they used to go on. I see it. I, I do see it more and more often. Now I see people that, Oh, we, we asked, uh, this, this department, we asked this party, uh, for comments, and uh, they said that their was unavailable. Uh, before, I, I think before you used to have more people coming on and just lying and just bull, bullshitting <laughs> their way through interviews. Now <laughs> I see more and more people not giving the interviews in the first place. Right, yeah. Just, well, yeah. going to bother just to being an empty to show, show They're like, well, why bother? You know?
0: I mean, look, the the uh, having sort of worked like in social media exclusively for the last like five years, right? Um. I can't even remember at any time interviewing a person from a social media company, right? Because all I bring them is bad news, because all I bring them is sort of like some sort of investigation, or something that's gone wrong on their platform. They never say yes to an interview. And that's, you got a point there, like they probably would come on in the past or, you know, this was sort of like companies would come on in the past, right? I mean, we're talking about sort of pre the era of social media but the social media companies the big ones are completely shut down in terms of this stuff very very hard to get access don't say anything particularly not going to sort of comment on on bad news not going to explain themselves
1: you know and they feel like they don't need to explain
0: themselves
2: yeah
1: why why is it then why do they not do it is it uh, because what, what would be the reason is it because there's so much voice out there with social media that it would it would echo on what they say they can't just go back and it's ended yeah, probably, but they all just kicks up more dust. It,
0: yeah. They don't see anything, um, for them in it. Yeah, right, um, yeah. it's, I mean, it's very bizarre because if you think about it, the whole sort of culture that all of the major social media companies come from almost without exception is one of openness, right? Silicon Valley. Yeah. Hey, you know, we are going to connect the world. People are going to share the more sharing the better. Yeah. So that doesn't translate into a culture of like a corporate culture that's like, yeah, so we are going to share. We're going to be open with you.
1: So what I'm thinking is it there's more money's at stake. That's what it is. It's when you said it's more of a corporate thing. I was thinking, yeah, now you're not that thing with the ethos. Now you're a business and the business doesn't allow you to rock the boat if you see what I mean.
2: There's always been huge industries.
1: And
0: over the last, but over the last two years, it's been become a, I mean, these businesses are sort of going to live and die on the the public perception. But maybe, maybe before Uh, without
1: the social media presence of everyone, your company was more stable. Do you know what I mean? It couldn't be as easily rocked by the public. So if you went and did an interview and a couple of people in journalism didn't like it, that's one thing. But if a million people don't like it and they've all got a voice, they can now rock the Maybe boat more. Yeah. Than... Complaints are
2: amplified now. Yeah, so yeah. It's,
1: it's, it just kicks up more dust than mm. before. I could just do the interview, you don't like it, and I go, and it's in the newspaper, and it's gone.
0: And if you take it to politics, right, what we saw that a lot of the most viral clips in the election were of politicians fucking up, basically. <laughs> like, giving bad answers, um, you know, some of them were sort of creatively edited but um uh, sort of like car crash interviews or bad answers to questions um will be just yeah. cut and put on twitter right. the opposition party will use it right, the next yeah. day so, yeah. and so that's why a lot of the time people um maybe run from interviews
1: you've yeah, got yeah because you can even you, anything you can any couple of words wrong forget the interview being good or bad just a couple of words out of place could be disastrous
2: well we we've seen in this election cycle people re-editing videos to make politicians look bad there was a one with the labor uh whoopsie i think it was sir stout stammer, stammer whatever his name is when is, uh, the shadow cabinet um and he gave an interview on this morning tv or GMTV or whatever the hell it was on itv and they said right what's uh, this was posted on the tory uh uh twitter feed and they said well what's what's the labor brexit policy then let's lock this down what exactly is the uh, labor brexit policy and they edited some footage of him just staring blankly at the camera going um uh, i don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. but in reality he did give an answer it wasn't a particularly oh, good right. it wasn't a particularly good answer yeah. but like he did give an answer yeah. and it was completely re-edited so yeah oh, the, god you can't do anything can you, you can't yeah so even if you answer the question you yeah it just
1: depends what they want to um, you get the, taken out. I was problems. listening to a few American podcasts, and it was funny. One of them, these guys are from um, Wisconsin, so they're quite left, and they're saying um, they actually don't. They've given up watching American news. They watch the BBC in London's channel reporting on the American news to get a sort of balanced view of what's happening. So, how how is the BBC still holding on to that? Is there a set of ethos or set of rules they have to abide by?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, Older we. Range, we uh, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, we is have it
1: very principles. specific or is it just impartial?
0: No, the, I mean, the guidelines are uh, very detailed, oh, They're right. even more detailed during the time of an election um, in terms of sort of, you know, it's impartiality, but it's also uh, fairness uh, to contributors, balance when it gets into an election period, there's balance. I mean, you have in to the give past, certain amount of time for There's, ridi- there's yeah. been sort of these rumors of ridiculous, like people with a stopwatch actually like oh, timing. Yeah. That didn't ever happen. <laughs> right. Or if it happened, it was long yeah, yeah. over by the time I <laughs> went into the BBC. But uh, but yeah, and look, there's the sort of guidelines and there's, and they're all um, they're all public, right? You can read them and you can you know complain and if you think that you, somebody messed up or breached to them. And, you know, that's part of like actually a decent news operation will have those right, and okay. you'll be able to see them. I was always struck when in 2016, I was looking into the alt right, I was looking into Breitbart, right? And I interviewed some people who worked for Breitbart. And uh, so, Breitbart is what? So, Breitbart is a website that was standard, started by Andrew Breitbart at the, at, oh, in 2016, right, okay. Steve Bannon, who later yeah, became. Yeah. Um, that Donald Trump's campaign manager and later just chief of staff, um, was editor at that time. Okay, right. It became a focal point for the alt-right. And it became, uh, through a few of its journalists, kind of like the main cheerleaders for this very extreme, xenophobic, nationalistic part of the alt-right. But before they all sort of sussed me out, some of them would talk to me <laughs> and, and I would say, okay, so, I mean, what were the, what were the rules? You know, you, you get up in the morning and, um, you know, and, 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 at the BBC, uh, you know, I'm required to, you know, know these rules and, um, I'll probably get quizzed on them at, at some point and, you know, manager will cite them or whatever. And, Will end up in some sort of tricky. We have a whole department called editorial policy. Oh, right. That, okay. Yeah. That is just is enforcing these rules all the time, right? What were the rules at Breitbart? Oh, we didn't have any. You didn't have any. You didn't have, <laughs> you didn't have like maybe just like guidelines, uh, 10, yeah. you know, yeah. commandments on, or
2: yeah. even, even a yeah. mission
1: statement or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: No, nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think that explains free, a lot, actually.
0: And it sort of struck me as like that's how you can kind of tell oh, God, the that... difference between a, a news organization and a a crazy propaganda.
1: Where were you? How long have you been the BBC? Uh, About 15 years. Oh, so where where were you just before that then?
0: Uh, Before that I did a a bunch of jobs. I mean, I started my career in the Associated Press in the United States. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of just basic uh news service like the press association in this country is oh, okay. the equivalent you're just what writing you, sort of, like, st- straight news oh. <laughs> uh, I went to uh uh university in Ohio okay to study uh, to study journalism oh. and I uh you know wrote for the paper and was on the radio and had a really oh. bad radio program and what was it played a lot of it was was it bad n- no no we had a really great indie rock Oh, it was a music, uh, music station. Oh, right. station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, my friends were like good DJs, and I was like a really bad DJ.
1: <laughs> just like listening to the music, because like, I like doing the music. No,
0: I just like listening to the music. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like. Hang- I didn't really like. Like I like hanging out. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not even I like the music again. Yeah. To- I like going to the shows. You know, the
1: music secondary to the. the- <laughs> but
0: playing records would be like, oh jeez.
1: Yeah. Oh god. Oh
0: god. Oh god. The classic thing was like you know the cool bands would have the the 33s and or the 45s but then you would always get them all mixed up <laughs> so you pay the 33 and the 45 oh, shit, shit. I didn't sign up for oh, this yeah. <laughs> 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 what um
1: the studying of journalism outside of language and all that what what does it actually teach you is there a history I, is there, what is it
0: I don't know if it taught me much. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> how long was the course? Was it a few years? It was four, four years. It was four a standard years. sort of four-year course. Yeah. And I mean, look, I was also weirdly trained in, uh, I, guess, I guess this thing that probably doesn't exist anymore, it was called news editorial. Basically, I was trained to work on a newspaper. Right. right? I've never worked on a newspaper like as a full-time job, but- uh, the idea was for me and like a lot of my peers would be to populate the small newspapers of the Midwest, right? Oh, okay. And you know, I know like one or two people who are still at the Canton Repository, or you know, maybe are sub editor at the Cleveland Plain Dealer or whatever. But by and large, the even the most talented people that I, I was with at the time like are working elsewhere because they. Because that just doesn't exist. The sort of pipeline where you went from one local newspaper to a big newspaper to maybe the Chicago Tribune, because local news has been completely wiped out. In both the US and the UK, it's happening in this country. Local news? It it is. Local newspapers are just devastated. And so that sort of growth industry, I mean, you can kind of see the writing on the walls and perhaps my professors is sort of smart and... um, good people as they were may have been a little bit more on the ball when this came. But in the late 1990s, you know, it was sort of clear, like there was this thing called the internet. Oh,
1: right. And
0: soon, someday, this was was going to be the thing. And that would just fundamentally change things. So knowing about, uh, you know, spacing on headlines or sort of what we used to call modular layout on the page, which was basically just sort of like moving blocks around. It was just like not a thing. I was talking
1: to a marketing guy a while ago. and I was trying to be sort of modern. I was saying, oh, look, the the big videos now have to be cut up into smaller videos. Otherwise people don't watch them, obviously. And he was going, yeah. And I said, apparently like it's getting really short. Like now people only want sort of like 30 second clips. And he went, mate, he said, that was a while ago. He said, now he said, forget even clips. He said, it's not about the value. What's in it. It's dependent on what the, the, the thumbnail of the thing looks like. He said, forget even the heading of whatever it is. He says, whatever people see the thumbnail. That's what they choose to click on. He said, it used to be the, this little short thing underneath. He said, now it's not even that. It's just a thumbnail. He so said, before they get to the video at all, I was thinking, oh, Christ.
2: So, to be fair, I've clicked on enough YouTube videos in my life because it has an attractive woman on it. So oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. That's awful of me, and I'm a bad person. But, you know, I do. I but go, oh, she's not even doing do any, do anything about it. But I just think, oh, she's pretty. I'd like to look at that. Yeah. Mm.
1: But my problem is, this thing falls away. If we don't keep it up, we're going. Like, I keep spring, uh, joking about the film Idiocracy. Have you seen it? No. Where it's about a guy, it's a comedy. I watched it about, I oh don't know, 10 years ago. A guy falls asleep or something. He wakes up and he's gone ahead and basically.
2: He's gone ahead like 200 years in the future.
1: Yeah, and the yeah. stupid people have taken over.
2: Now, I was. The, the idea, the conceit is that uh, stupid people have more children man, right, than yeah. middle, <laughs> intelligent middle class people. And eventually they will outbreed. And, and it's a comedy.
1: Um, and it's, it's this guy walking around, and basically everything like you go to the doctors and you press a big red button if that hurts, and a big green button. And they go to the, the, um, the cinema, and it's just a guy farting, and everyone just sort of. Like, and I was thinking, well, that's jackass. Yeah. Like, that's what that is and then you see all the stuff of just the stupid nonsense that people just they're idiots everywhere I and mean,
2: everything's big colourful buttons that you press and, and, thought, and the president was a former wrestler yeah. uh, ad slash the greatest porn star in the world yeah. and you think yeah. that
1: was a comedy and I was watching it, it wasn't because it came up before I saw it. and I'm thinking this isn't really a comedy anymore and like so I keep saying what well, you're in the idiocracy and this thing of talking about the hieroglyphics and just people using emojis rather than typing in the words out I know from being around certain types of places and seeing people move around from level to level um, class-wise and into job, you aren't you. You're only you because you keep it up. When that thing falls away, you don't need to be that more. You regress to the point where you do forget things. You don't use certain words anymore. You do start to change your personality depending on what's around you. And if we stop using words and just... stop watching videos or, and just start clicking and clicking. And what does that look like? And what the language and the intelligence will fall away slowly, but slowly, which it has done already.
2: Um, I think one of the great, the great tragedies of the internet is that we have all this information. We literally have unlimited information and knowledge and, and truth and facts at our fingertips. And we've never lived in an age, uh, more muddled where there's concepts of truth and reality are more muddled. Yeah. Really. um, I remember having a conversation with my friend, and he said that now with the internet, he goes, you, you, We won't, there eventually won't be disagreements or arguments uh, between things. Oh, who won the, you know, 1978 World Cup or whatever, you know, like, or who won the FA Cup last year, you know, or who scored, you know, we would progress that because you could just fact check everything. Right. and i just and i remember saying well no because i i remember and i use the example of nine eleven. Nine eleven 9 is probably one of the most documented events in human history we have footage of everything all these details all the like, like you know we have all this information and there is such a, a strong divergence of opinion on what actually happened and why it happened still i mean most of it's nonsense don't get yeah. me wrong but i'm just saying that it seems to be that a, you know, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. A lot of knowledge is a very <laughs> dangerous thing. But at least, I mean,
0: look, at least we can agree on who won the 1978 FA Cup. <laughs> oh, yeah. I suspect that, that's you a poor example I mean? like, as I was saying like, it. Yeah, so. At least, in some ways, it's like, maybe it's better that we argue about these things that, I, yeah, and there's like tons of disinformation out there. It's really, really sad. Yeah, that's it's, the other thing It's, as it's well, really yeah. tedious. I mean, I interview conspiracy theorists all the time, and they're bonkers, And it's weird and you don't want to give these people much attention, except sometimes they just shoot places up and then you have to figure out what the hell's going on. Maybe, you know, by talking about politics or by arguing about, you know, whether this, uh, you know, striker is better than this striker. It's we're like wasting less time. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, maybe there's just so much junk out there that we don't. Nobody needs to focus on big things anymore. There's just so much coming at you. It's. Like, I try to think of a good things. Of like, where does this go? Where does it? get fixed but are we still going down and down and down into idiocracy is it happening Look,
0: as a, as an american I'm, i have this sort of like hopeful right, you know yeah, i have yeah. like this positivity and it hasn't been beaten out of me by oh, 20 yeah. years in this country yeah. <laughs> but another 20 I years still maybe, have yeah. another, it's getting close <laughs> yeah. to tell you what's, but i'm almost almost just, just yeah, a little yeah. bit left yeah. a little <laughs> bit um but i do i do think like back to your point about uh you know, there'll be like a future where, like, we'll look back and we'll like think, "Gosh, that was really stupid, didn't we? Were not we stupid back then?" Yeah. You know, we we finally learned how to use the internet for good some right. someday.
1: Yeah, maybe it's another thing. We're still not. It will probably take twenty years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so we're at that stage. It's just a bit chaotic because we don't. The rules aren't in place yet. We don't really know the structure.
2: And I often think it's almost a bit like um, the the years in this country before we had uh, uh, video uh, classifications. So um, in this country, um, there was videos VHSs were released, and they they weren't actually under the BBFC under the censorship, and so they didn't have age ratings on them. And you effectively had all these mad horror films <laughs> coming over from like Germany and like South America and stuff that was like kind of a sort of kind, of, kind of a Holocaust, which has like animal death and torture in it. Um, and they were completely unclassified and un, um, unedited and unrestricted. The good old days. Um, and seven-year-olds were watching yeah, it. Uh, and it was called the Video Nasty thing. Oh, right, uh, yeah, thing. Video uh, Nasty, uh, yeah, yeah, and this was a big thing in the tabloids, is that after a few years, they were saying, kids are watching these awful films, and no one's doing anything yeah. about it, and these things are like snuff films, and this is polluting a generation. Yeah. So they brought in lots of regulation. I'm not saying, you know, good thing, but they brought in a classification system where they're like, you know what, maybe an eight-year-old shouldn't be watching this. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I feel that... Uh, we and I always felt that, that was kind of like the Wild West days of like video and 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 sort of yeah. you know, films and stuff where you could just get away with pretty much anything. Well,
1: computer games as well same, went through the same sort of thing. Yeah, they? well, they volu-
2: Yeah, they did. Uh, they voluntarily did it so that right. they wouldn't be that uh, heavily classified, but they are also getting age ratings on them. Um, but I feel that like currently we're probably we start. It's becoming more corporatized, but we're we're at this sort of end phase of the Wild West days of the internet, and I do think that stuff like. Like, for instance, I mean, piracy, not that I ever pirated anything <laughs> in my life, but piracy used to be a big thing. And we people, we used to download music and films and, and uh, you know, never pay for anything. And that was fine. Nowadays, you can't do that. And people used to go and post with, I mean, for instance, look at the evolution of YouTube. Mm. Like, yeah. YouTube used to be. Uh, the very first video of my day at the zoo or whatever it was, it was literally the, the guys who made it, they went to the zoo and the film sells and like, hi,
1: this is us at the zoo. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um.
2: <laughs> and it, and then it sort of became a weird thing for like memes and jokes and oddness and people just putting bizarre stuff like Charlie bit my finger and all this, all these odd little jokey kind of weird videos. And now it's very, very corporatized. And I think that, I think it's very interesting because, the, yeah, the evolution of YouTube is, is almost like the evolution of the internet itself and the corporatization of it. Yes, the money thing
1: again. Yeah. Is, is, yeah, that's the thing. Whether it's business or that, it's when I when I was, was talking to somebody, was it Nathan? We had an influencer on the other day, and uh, we we um, was talking about like the Facebook. What's his name? Zuckerberg. Nick, when he mean? first? No, no. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, but yeah, we okay. So we had an influencer on with all these millions of followers, but we were talking about the internet, and I was talking about Facebook, the Zuckerberg. And you think when he started this, he was a bloke, a young kid doing this thing, community and all that, and if you just paused it there at the beginning of Facebook and then went to now, and he's up in the whatever the equivalent of the commons is and you're answering about all these weird questions, and you're talking like an executive, you go. When does it go from that to that? Like, when do you be- go from that kid that wants to do this thing and now you're talking like a lawyer?
2: And now you're fudging questions yeah, about why, it's like, why mm, Nazis when, and white supremacists are allowed to post and it on your is, website. It's like the
1: politics. It's like, it's when the money comes in and it spreads its fingers within your company and the shareholders. And now suddenly it's the share, it's your face is still there, but the company behind you has changed into this other thing. Um, but then you can't get around that, can you? It's always the money, when you get to a certain level, money will always get involved. And then, I mean, when I was putting the magazine together, um, and so I was got the ethos about the magazine and no adverts and all this, and he said, I'm going to take it around the publishers and, you know, get it thing. And uh, he said, all right, one of the people that helped me to publish, he said, okay, you have to understand. He said, if you take this magazine in, I'll do this and do that, and it's got a great magazine but." The first thing they're going to do is take 60% and start telling you what to do.
2: And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, that's how it started. The money well, it's, gets... It's like with films, isn't it? The bigger the budget, the more voices you have. Like, yeah. even in the small things I've worked on, they suddenly start getting money. You get yeah. people putting stipulations, start telling you what to
1: do. I was just finished uh, listening again to um, Schwarzenegger's biography. Is it the autobiography or the biography? Ian helping. Uh, anyway. Um, no, no, it's his biography. I listened to two. So, his one, and there's an unauthorized biography. So, his one, when he's talking about when he gets involved in politics. Oh, well, it starts with films where he says, um, uh, when he did Conan the Barbarian, and it's Conan Barbarian's quite raw, and he's this, and he's a womanizer. Then, when they got a lot of money in, and he went to do Conan Destroyer, which flopped because they said, right, well, now we can't do this. We can't, he can't use a sword as much. We can't do this thing. And he said, that's not, you're, you're, you're moving away from what he was. And it flopped. But then he started doing the same thing himself with Terminator. He started, was, yeah, he started can't to get well. Let's put jokes in there. Now. Well, no, As but comedian, Terminator
2: 2, He refused to be the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> well, he said he said no because I'm a big star. I'm not going to be the bad guy. I'm going to be the good. But guy. But then it was a good twist. It, it didn't work. It's not
1: about being a film and not being a good actor and not being about the it being a good sort of outer thing. Money now got involved to Terminator 3, 4, where now you're having to go, well, how many, we need a joke in here, and we need a, the romance there, and we need to do that, and now you've got to make more, like I said, he's basically a stand-up comedian now, the Terminator, we've become ridiculous, but that's money that's done that, we need to touch that um, sector of society and that one, we need a few for the women, and we need that for that, for, and those for the 12-year-olds, but it has to be a 12-year-old film for 18-year-olds, and you go, know, so it poisons that. Yeah, you can feel feel the corporate, you can feel you can feel those yeah, boardroom meetings can, the, sometimes. It's the can't painting you? Yeah. by numbers and yeah. when's the hell and uh, he gets into politics actually when he starts to run. So it plays through how he got into politics and all that. And he was gonna go in there and he sent one of these blokes a pair of steel balls and said, Right, you're gonna need these and he's cause he was gonna he said, I'm gonna come in as the action man. He said, I'm not I'm not getting involved in all this partisanship stuff. I'm coming in. We're gonna do stuff, stuff's gonna be achieved. And that's somebody that's like him saying that, that there's no failure and we're going to do all these things and on the answers. And he said, you can't do anything. He said, you just run into a wall of that. They want to help them. But to do that, you've got to do that, but they won't do that because you're doing that for them. And he said, he said, in the end, he said, you can't, it just, you you get ground to a halt because you just can't do anything. It's I, like I, I was saying to angels, like a Gordian knot. It, yeah. it, it's so knotted at every angle. You can't forget um, your way through.
2: My, my only real, um, uh, friend of references, TV and films and sometimes comic books. So I'll <laughs> quote from the, the Wire. Uh, well, not quite, but I'll reference the why. Um, in that, they have a politician who runs for mayor, and he actually has decent. Um, he actually has things he wants to do. He actually actually wants to do positive things for his for the city of Baltimore. And when he gets in charge, he's just like they're like, yeah, there's no money, we can't do any of that. And he's just <laughs> uh, completely met by the 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 system. It just absolutely fails him, and they can't do any change.
1: We're well, talking about lying. You think like with Obama or anyone when they're running. And, and they're not, for, not if they're like a Bush or they're from a political, come if they're just somebody that's come up and now they've risen to the point of presidency. That I think they are telling the truth about what they're going to do and what they're going when they get in. But it's when that white door closes, White House door closes, something changes. And is it that you're, uh, uh, this, it's easy to say, well, because you, you owe now all these people money from that have lent yeah, you money. I, I think is it, it
2: that? I think there's... But you know that on the it's, way
1: out. But are you blinded but, Well, I mean, in the
0: American it? system, there's checks and balances. You know what I mean? And this is why there's no wall between the US and Mexico, because the, you need money to build a wall. Yeah. And the Democrats who control Congress will not give President Trump money to build a wall. Slightly different here you know, where the prime minister is kind of like an elected dictator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, but, you know, there is and always has been that sort of uh, tension in the U.S. And that's why for, I mean, if you look at Obama, you can basically separate him into the first two years when he had a Democratic Congress, Congress that was friendly to him, and he passed Obamacare. And then the last six years when he did not have a Democratic Congress and there wasn't a whole lot that happened
1: what do you think about if a bernie sanders got in because he will not change like his whole life has been one way so he won't change and he but he's going up against a system which would be the opposite of him because he wants to bring it all down i mean it? i think if bernie sanders if got if, in
0: if bernie sanders won he would probably almost certainly be he would so, almost certainly at the same time win with a uh a democratic yeah uh majority, if not in the House, at, right. at least in the Senate. Um, but with his... Or sorry, if not if not in the Senate, because the Senate, I think, is a little bit... I mean, I'd have to look at the yeah, statistics, yeah, yeah. you know, but it, he'd have a fair chance at having a couple of golden years before midterm elections where he would probably be able to do what he wanted, more yeah. or less. So and it would be portrayed as a... Uh, as a mandate you know what i mean um he he would think that he'd have the power and the will of the people would be behind him
2: but yeah i I was thinking like a i I was i think that a good example of a good stable democracy is a system unfortunately where you can't really push through really radical change I think I think that that's maybe kind of a good thing. Oh, so hopefully, hopefully, like hopefully slow, the bedrock, it hopefully be the bedrock yeah, is nice, yeah. Yeah. is good, and uh, and you know tolerant and and democratic enough. So you, they so you don't need those changes. But like if that if that bedrock is there, you know if the democratic you know um, fair tolerant society is there, brilliant and a, a good. I mean the American system works because it's very difficult to force through any real radical change, really. And I suppose maybe that's kind of bad thing, but like, but I mean, for instance, I, so, I mean, Trump had a bunch of ideas, and then when he got in, he eh, can't really, he can't really pull them off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with the wall. Well, you
0: know? I mean, rewind in this country, rewind to 2010, and of a coalition government being like seen as like freaky, unstable. Uh, you know, but then, you know, how many people would prefer that or a system where you can win? an 80 seat majority with forty three percent of the vote. You know what I mean? There's there's sort of every system is has its trade-offs. Hmm. And if you have a co if you have a system that constantly returns coalitions, then you are going to have that kind of inertia, right? No one party is going to be able to do anything. Do you want that or do you want your team to be to have a chance at winning the whole shot?
1: Yeah.
0: That's what anybody, you know, that's sort of like the difficulty for anybody who comes down on a partisan line is, right? Because you can say, oh, geez, this system's terrible. But if you're a labor supporter now, (laughs) you could say that. But then what about if, you know, uh, in five years time, you have a chance to win um, 60% of the seats with 40% of the vote? Yeah. Then do you want to take that or do you want to risk it by reforming the system i suppose that's why like, there is yeah. no sort of proportional representation <laughs> or anything in this country
1: <laughs> the thing so i just finished this the last night like, he's talking about the gerrymandering and all that and when he just explains what it all is exactly and you go what the fuck you know is that like you're picking and choosing who can and can't fucking vote for you like that's you go how did this get in like how did it
2: happen? well they're, they're doing it now i mean they're re they're restructuring uh the districts in british constituencies now and in fact they i think they're getting rid of how many are 40 or 50 constituencies including um islington which of course is jeremy corbyn's seat oh. <laughs> sudden for some reason they've targeted that and that's no longer going to be a constituency
1: i listened to a bc podcast a while ago and they were doing about um the the types of corruption that go on in like the in russia and africa and things like that and they were just the journalist was saying some of the stuff that had gone on that he'd reported and one of them was um Oh, this was a Russian city or town somewhere where they'd handed out. They knew in certain places people were going to vote a certain way. So they supplied them with uh, pens that was vanishing ink. So once they wrote on it, it would just vanish. Once they wouldn't let, the, it was an African one. The, the guy that was supposed to come in that they knew was going to get voted in. They just didn't let the plane hit the ground. They wouldn't allow him airspace to come in. And they said, that. oh, he turned around and went back. He, he cowered it out. And then said so the guy won.
2: Like, just levels of
1: that. To, like invisible ink.
2: Yeah. Like, real, real, <laughs> real balls out corruption. I mean, no mucking around. None of this secret dossier, 45 minutes. None yeah. of this nonsense, invisible just ink. straight up. You know. One guy said, they wouldn't let us land in the country. Let me land the plane i almost think i think um i think that's i was thinking about the i think about the iraq war as i sometimes do as i sometimes do like to have randomly popped in your head yeah yeah yeah, just catching nightmarish visions um and i thought uh, and i wondered if because they went such elaborate lengths to string this whole narrative together and i just wondered would they bother to do it now or just say oh no we're just going to invade iran screw you i I don't
1: know well look yeah i mean they're not even that they're not even bothering if you look at trump just going to, we're not going to give you an excuse for anything. They doesn't have to. We don't have to answer to anyone. That's what they're getting to. We're like not going to. We're not even gonna do an interview.
2: Well, how about that? I have. I have to say the, okay. The one positive thing about Trump. Oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. Interesting or controversial yeah. is that I I don't. I I thought that they would probably when he got elected. I thought, yeah, I could see us probably being in a war with America within three years. I so see the opinion polls dipping, and they'll probably get into another scrape in the Middle East somewhere. Just pick, you know, literally pick somewhere random. And just go right. Okay, you're you're this week's uh, boogeyman. Um, I don't I don't see them doing that in the next year. I mean, I might be very wrong. I mean, something might awful might happen and there might be a whole whole thing. But I don't see us uh, getting into what I I think it's too much effort. And I do think that the groundswell opinion is very much against foreign intervention. They seem to be very much a uh, isolationist against foreign intervention. I think that that's one of the few positives. It's yeah. Very, I look, yeah. So
1: yeah. I look at it as a punt on his, uh, if he's going out, if he's going down in flames and he's not going to, it looks like he's going to get voted out. I can see him. Using that, yeah. Best to get a war going somewhere. Maybe, Something yeah. will get bombed, and then we'll yeah. focus. Will be taken off of me, and now we need a strong leader. To, you uh, know,
2: anything's capable. That Saudi thing was a bit weird I when mean, the, those yes, old tankers Jesus were God. getting uh, uh, banged into. Do by you think the they're just,
1: there's going to be documentaries in the future? Going, he was a traitor. I mean, is anyone just saying that? He's. A, I mean, if you look, if you put it all on paper. To somebody from another world, and go look. This is what he's saying about all these countries here, and this is what he's doing over here in his own country.
2: What do you well, say? That co- obviously
1: is a traitor. Currently, uh,
2: Congress is. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I mean, they're impeaching yeah, but they're
1: him. they are not maybe. saying. It's um, just like is he a fucking? Well, it's, 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 yeah, it's,
2: yeah.
0: I mean, essentially, it is. It's not sort of like he's not sort of. Yeah. It's
1: not sort of treason that he's being. Accused yeah. He's not of, like but, a bad politician, and he's not sort of favoring them. He's doing all that for them over there, and he's doing all this over here to destroy this here. What are you not seeing here? Like traitor, like a proper. I think that. that they must have something on him. That's what I'm thinking. Because in terms of Russia, when he's going out, they're doing the Miss World and all that, and they're putting up uh, in, with uh, all the models and all that. They think they're like China. They think long term. Don't tell me they didn't think, well, he's this billionaire bloke who's quite famous and this and that. Let's stick some cameras in his room and give him whatever because he in the future, something might happen with him and we'll have that for him. It's got to be because it's so ballsy, like it's so one sided that you go. There's got to be something here that's driving that. And I talking about working in clubs and starting to read people when they're lying. One thing that stuck out with me about, old oh, there's a, the power play between him and um, the Russian um Putin. Putin was when they were sat together. And somebody said to him, oh, um, have you told him not to muddle in our elections or whatever? And he jokes and he goes, don't muddle in our elections or something like that. But it's the way he said it and where he was looking, I thought there's a power play there that he's not used to talking up to him. It's not as simple as, you know, he's powerful and I'm not. There's a certain type of look that people have that. If 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 I was sort of like all emperor in everything I was doing, and you were a low level person, and then one day you had to pretend to be my boss, there's a way you can't actually cross over when you're trying to even fake being an enforcer on me. And when they said to him, oh, "Have you told him not to meddle?" and he goes, "Don't meddle in our elections," and I thought that you, you, that's could, somebody, you can see who's the well, big, he, he could see who's the big dog in the room. Yeah, yeah. basically. So and that it means, wasn't Trump. but that's not a short term thing. That look that means something long term has gone on where he can't actually well, well that's something so he made a what's joke going out of it. on there he but... made
2: a joke out of it because he couldn't like go okay well That's
1: somebody's been told what to do like mm. that well, look the reaction that he it's but over a long term that's an ingrained power play that's not like a he's quite important on I'm You not. don't
2: yeah well you say i suppose the the correct political answer would be like uh that's a very serious issue and me and uh yeah. President putin will be discussing he did look him in the eye
1: and he looked away right to at that angle and i thought right that's not right something's they that's a long-term power play thing he's they he tells him what to do um so mm. yes yeah, so, and that scared me when i saw that um right, i don't want to end on God, um, sorry. Uh,
2: well well i was thinking we should uh maybe try and wrap things up a little bit yeah um I was thinking uh, to get back on topic. Um, what do you see the uh, the future, if any, of the alt right movement? Because I, my personal view is, I think it, it's lack of substance and lack of real, hard, uh, codified ideology or whatever. Um, might be its ultimate ruin. Because a lot of these figures yeah. have fallen by the wayside yeah, because yeah. they
0: don't because So, I mean, the, the, the kind of history of it, and um, it's, it's not like I have sort of updated my book, but like if you fast forward, um, what you saw is basically after what happened in Charlottesville and a very sort of violent confrontation and a counter-protester died, this sort of woke Americans in particular up to this. And the splintering kind of started earlier than that. Donald Trump's victory was the start of it because you had all these sort of different factions. They all had different hopes for Trump. Oh, he's going to end gay marriage. Uh, and other people who are like, no, we love gay marriage. Let's just have a white nationalist ethno state with gay marriage. All these sort of competing sort of factions, um, started going at each other. they they got under intense political pressure after Charlottesville and intense sort of media pressure. Um, so basically it's, it's splintered and fractured. Now that sounds like a good thing, but on the other hand, you have had terror attacks from the far right at a scale like we haven't had for years, which is a really, really scary thing, right? So you got Christchurch, you have, um, mass shooting in, uh, California, Texas, um, that's the violent end. You have other people who have been sort of more like running a mile from that and actually sort of like trying to get absorbed into the mainstream. Um, you have people who have sort of gone off on various, uh, uh, different weird crusades or different, you know, gone down there sort of, and you've had people who sort of like have run away from politics altogether. A lot of the people who are online who are like memeing hard for Trump, um, you know, kind of lost enthusiasm because actually that's boring. It's a little bit boring when your guy is winning and you're trying to be a rebel, right? (laughs) That's, that's not like cool. You cool as being a rebel. It's been the outsider.
2: And then when he got in, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, so, you know, all these factions are split up, but it's not, um, this, The sort of momentum doesn't go away. And I have a feeling just from what I'm looking at that these people will all come together again in, to rally for Trump at the end of next year. Probably. So, um, and I've, I and I've don't sort of like try to exaggerate how much of an effect they actually did have. You know, part of it is just they were a fringe group. They weren't that big, but they did have some sort of, um, you know, there were sort of political repercussions or impacts that came from after that. So we'll see whether that dynamic happens again. And a lot of it depends on who he's up against. They, um, they,
1: somebody said on the radio a while ago, they said he's one of them people that's good at rallying against something, like right? right. complaint, but he's not good yeah. at doing things. Yeah. And now we know what, before we didn't know what he would be capable of achieving. It seemed like anything was possible with him going into politics. But now we've sort of got a scorecard on what he can and can't do, and it doesn't yeah. look good. So mm. there's, they haven't got that sort of thing behind them anymore. Now we know he's not. In fact, somebody was on the radio um, um, uh, it was an American station, and it was they, they were talking to people that had gone against Trump after having voted for him and all that. And this one of them, she just said, He just seems to moan a lot. And I thought, Oh, that's good, like, that's the, that. because if you see, he's just constantly moaning about it. you go, Do you actually do anything? He's just moaning all the time. You, you
0: run out of road eventually, yeah, right? Yeah.
1: It's like, Oh,
0: yeah, you got to I do mean, something, mate. You got to... in, in it's sort of this thing with you know the conservative government here, yeah, you know. Whatever you think of the argument, you, there's only so much that you can say, well, that was that Labour government nine years ago that yeah. di- got us into this mess in the first place. People, you know, it, people just sort of forget and yeah. they just don't care anymore. Yeah. And how far can he actually do it? Now, it's only sort of like four years for Trump and yeah, there's the, any the number of people he can, still... he can blame, yeah. you know. <laughs> There's there any number of boogeyman's that he can sort of point yeah. at, no matter who gets nominated? So it's basically whoever is the person on the other side is just going to have to he's figure going out Obama the, this, Obama the attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, okay, so if if it's Joe Biden, then Obama's vice president. That's easy right, in yeah. a way. Um, but I don't know, Joe Biden, he's a real kind of socket-to-you kind of Yeah cross the old guy too so that could be very ugly are
1: any of them under 70
2: i mean they all seem to be oh oh there's there's a whole bunch on me uh, i mean uh, is my, tulsi gabbard still oh, still busy. running i don't
0: know I yeah she won't she was not still going to go out, anywhere but yeah. i say that and that means that she should probably win yeah um, marianne what's her name oh the yes yes
2: the, um the Chris, crystal lady yeah yeah. she's <laughs> about 60 <though. laughs> doesn't look it better yeah so maybe there's something to those crystals. Did know. anything
1: come out about Trump going to that hospital visit or whatever? Did it go any uh, further? Was it just lockdown? D- d- it definitely I, had to go to the doctor? I
2: don't know. He was he was on Fox News the other, like a couple of days before, like seven in the morning, ranting. And I my first thought was like, I was like, genuinely, I was like, is he high? <laughs> like, like genuinely, like.
1: Oh, he, when he started having to go at that Greta, that 16 year old. No,
2: but he, I mean, he was just talking nonstop, like really, really quick. Oh, and, and, and I was like, Dude, are you, are you bumped up like what's going what? what? <laughs> so so heaven only knows what's going on there. Um, it, it seems so chaotic. It just doesn't seem like it can last very. Long. You're just but waiting then, for
1: your feet to sort of get some stable but then, ground to sort but then of then go. Um,
0: it's you know it's a very good. It, the Democrats have actually, um, in an analytical sense, done a very good job uh, it, it, with this impeachment because it really irritates Trump. And there's very few things that irritate him and get under his skin. And this clearly is one. And they know that they don't actually have to go through with it. So while everyone's saying, well, we should just decide it at the ballot box, that's the fair, square, American way to do it, everybody knows, including them that he will not get removed from office. So it sort of chips away at his personality and makes him do these rants yeah. at Fox News he's at am not 7 good a m. uncertainty,
1: is it? He needs somebody hey. to, like with the whistleblower thing, he hates not having somebody to point his vengeance at. <laughs> and whether not knowing if he's going to get impeached or not, he just, he hated it. Well, not he It just what's doesn't happening? deal with yeah. pressure. It's, yeah. Yeah.
2: Any, any slight criticism, any slight pressure, like right. all of a sudden he just has a complete freak out. <laughs> <like. laughs> well, from our Trump
1: podcast, you go, he, 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 you realise he's basically, a, like I said, he's a con man. His whole life is a bit of allegedly. Just, no, but I mean, what in terms of he, what he says and what his background is, everything is bollocks. Basically, all the failures of business, one after the other, hiding this, hiding that. He's the, the fraud. The thing with the what was it? The charity that he now can't run a charity thing. You go. It's just constantly rob. And that's why they said when he when he started going to Russia because in America. He basically burnt all his bridges, all the things of his dad's family, and all that. He would borrowed the money, he'd done that. There was no, they wasn't taken seriously anymore. So he had to start outsourcing where he was going to get money from. Which is when led took him over to Russia, because nobody would invest in him anymore. His whole, his his whole name was known as being, you know, it's bollocks. It's it's not. It's only in the media, in the camera, front of the camera. He's known as being this thing. Behind the scenes, he can't get any money because he's failing. One thing doesn't pay people back that he's owed money to. he's so I I think, and I said on the podcast I think he's, he'll, there'll be documentaries on the biggest con in history. Not the best con man. I've said this before because he, he's if you start off with four hundred million, that's a different thing. If he had to start off with nothing, he wouldn't be a good con man. He would be on the streets. But if you start off with four hundred million, you can build up a persona with 400 million over the years, that you can then sell. But he's not a good con man, he's just the biggest,
2: I think. Well, I think it will be fascinating, when all the information eventually does come out. Yeah, really. the all documentaries. The, all the documents and stuff, and, you know, Official Secrets Act, you know, wears off. I think it'd be fascinating. To people I aren't scared anymore,
1: scared of him, and they start coming out and say, <laughs> well, I didn't really follow him, was, what I was trying to do was this, and I was trying to help the country, and go, yeah, yeah, where were you when he might have been, you know, the ruler or the emperor? Um, I've got to end up on something good. Um
2: do you think...
0: Who won the FA Cup in 1978?
2: <laughs> <sighs> Wait. Uh, I don't know. I'm guessing Liverpool.
1: <laughs> I uh, I used to like... I used to play American football. I used to love American football. And it's a bit of a... Then whenever... Uh, when I was 14, I used to watch... I used to get people to play it in school... And then everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you throwing that ball? And then when it became popular, it annoyed me. So I stopped watching it. I thought, like, oh, bloody!" I was watching this one at 4 a.m. on a m. In the, the Sunday night for twice a week. And now people are like, oh, I'm football. And I was like, oh, fuck you. I was there 20 years ago. Um, uh, I don't know why I said that story. Uh,
0: well, we can uh, end there cause, yeah. because the Buffalo Bills are my favorite team, very local team, uh, and they are actually good this year. Oh, really? They're very good. I like the fact They're that they brought back to the, the LA Rams.
1: They brought back like the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. That's LA, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, great. Because like they dis- they were the my team and they good. vanished for God knows how many decades. Yeah. Um, the only thing I remember about Buffalo is like you'd always see them with like 10 coats on. Was that right? Yeah. It was always freezing cold. but if It was yeah, a Buffalo game. There's people with four coats on like this. Um, American football, any... any you got any thoughts? Uh, none actually. Go, go <laughs> One of the few things go. I probably don't
2: have an, an opinion, a, a stupid opinion on.
1: Oh. Uh, he, he ordered your book and it didn't turn up in time. Yeah, so got no. to apologize. Oh, I apologize.
2: I was going to bring a copy. I'm oh. sorry. Oh, no, no, no. That's I was fine. very disorganized. I bought it and I usually get stuff off secondhand, but I bought a new oh, copy. So you get the sale. Don't <laughs> no uh,
1: All right. Listen, uh, it, was, it took a while to get the thing put together. So I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, um, thank you. And, uh, You've made me feel a little bit better the same when you said about the kids like the next generation know more than we do so maybe they'll see through the bullshit a bit more. I hope so. I'm gripping onto that with yeah, my I fingernails. So. I, <laughs> I,
2: I, I think everything's cyclical isn't it? I, I do believe that, oh, uh, that all it. movements and all politics is kind of cyclical and yeah. I think we're going through a not the most positive uh, cycle right now, but I think it's that things. I think that things it. will change. I don't yeah. think that politics is static in any way. I don't think yeah. society is static in any way. I think that that it will eventually change and do something else eventually.
1: But we just need hopefully to, it's good. That's the yes. Thing. So we just need
2: to hang on in there. Right. Okay. That's, well,
1: right, Mike. Thank you very much. Hey, well, I thank really you. Appreciate it. Cheers. Yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very
2: much. Bye. Bye, everyone. And the screen that's cold. I'm in the corner with my head in the drain To myself I quietly think So many things to get you off And I cough and I scoff And take another drag of my cigarette And I don't mind if the sun don't shine i suits we find Pour another glass of wine On the board tonight I think I'll be a superstar